All right, welcome to Lights, Camera, Sneak Transaction. Attack. My name is Paul. With me is Allie Taylor. Hi, Thank, Paul. Thanks th for having me. Thanks for being here. Of course. We've already been talking for 10 minutes. Yes. But we're <laughs> going to pick it back up. So this, I think, is the first time we've formally met, but we kind of run in similar circles. We've both been working with restaurants. And the main reason why I wanted to have you on is because I was at the rally that you put together. Awesome. I don't know if the rally had a name, but it was really the Open Safe the OC. March, right rally, right. which the whole idea was, you know, small businesses have been forced to shut down and specifically restaurants have been hit really hard, which is an industry that we're both super passionate about. And this was an opportunity for people in the industry, people that live in the area to come together and say, you know what, this isn't right. And it was an event that was just, it was powerful. I mean, it was, it was moving and the people that spoke and the way that they spoke and just the pride behind standing up for what you believe in and seeing so many people that were there saying, we're not going to put up with this anymore. So, you know, I applaud you for doing that. And Thank you. I definitely want to talk about that. But first, let's start with you, what you do, a little bit about your background, how you help restaurants. Sure. Um, restaurants is a, a, a small, small slice of the pie, but a big, a, I have a big heart for it, a lot of passion. So as you yeah. know, um, I published Modern Luxury and worked under them for almost 11 years. Yeah. Um, that was a long, a long run. And then right before COVID, um, unknowingly, obviously, I pivoted and, or not pivoted, but I started my own firm. Yeah. Um, and I had been wanting to do it for a while. Yeah. Um, it's just a kind of a leap of faith. I'm kind of a, a free bird. And I just, I knew it was, I wanted to run my own company at some point in the game. And I felt like I was doing it with them, but it was yeah. just a little bit different. I just didn't want any time. Okay. So to what, was there like a turning point that led you to start it? Was there like a moment that you had where you're like, now is the time? No, there wasn't. I think year over year, I would say, you know, God, I got to just do that. Like so many people were encouraging yeah. me, clients, um, you know, mentors, confidants, friends, family. They were like, you got to do this on your own. Yeah. People within my company, you got to do this on your own. I'm like, no, you know, I'm really loyal to Modern Luxury. I love my CEO. Yep. You know, I love, yep. you know, I love brand. everything about it. I'm a super loyal person. That's just me. Yeah. And I busted my ass. 360 for them. So no bad feelings, no nothing. I just, it was time for me to spread my wings and totally. kind of do it, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 2021 just seemed like, you know, this is it. Like it was, it was a leap of faith for sure. And then sure enough, like COVID hit, uh, in March, which is whatever, you know, I, I've dealt with the recession in sales and in publishing yeah. during whatever it was, 2018. Yep. And you know, I've gotten through it and it's totally. been fine. So yeah. it really didn't phase me. Like yeah. I've never not worked hard mm -hmm. and my clients who picked me up after I left yeah. have never not worked hard. So this was nothing new. It was just yeah. like a weird way of yeah. thinking. For other entrepreneurs, business owners, what, um, or people maybe that are thinking about starting their own business. Um, cause I've been talking about this a lot lately. Tell me a little bit about your, like your mindset and mentality versus how you feel about working for yourself versus working for someone else. Like what are the one or two biggest things that are takeaways for you? Um, for new entrepreneurs, I guess, um, pretty self-explanatory. You, there is no right time. Yeah. You just have to do it. You don't, you can gather as much information. You can crunch numbers. You can dial in everything perfectly and the plan can shift. Mm -hmm. Look at what happened to the world. Um, there is no right time yep. and you've got to run with it and you have to be resilient and just 
grab the bull by the horns. Um, working for myself, I'd say I'm so much, I don't know, even more like scared to fail, which is a bad thing, but like you gotta just, I'm more scared to like not perform enough or, you know, not create the most perfect results, like even more so because it's all me. Yep. But that's another great thing about it. It's all me. Yep. Like if something falls through when you're working for corporate, something falls through and it's their, yep. you know, ass. Uh, th- that should save the day and they're like, no, we don't have the budget or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's your ass yep. because it's your relationship. Yep. So everything you do is on you and mm-hmm. that's a good, a, a wonderful thing and also a scary thing. Yep. But it makes you work, I don't know, harder if it's possible. Yeah. I feel like I don't sleep a lot, but you know, you sleep when you're dead. So. Yeah, <laughs> classic saying. I think there's a, in the in the few instances that I've had where I've had to report to other people, there's, there's a lot of stress around pleasing that person right Mm -hmm. or having a boss if it's a boss that you don't necessarily see eye to eye with right because if you are a and there's kind of this term entrepreneur right if you're an entrepreneur but you work for a company and your boss doesn't want you to be like that there's this constant stress because you're put into this box that you have to fit in Mm -hmm. but if you have a boss that's like, look, I want people to just go and run and do their thing, that's a totally different story. I just think that's more few and far between. So I think there's a big difference too when you're on your own and you're an entrepreneur, it does all fall on your shoulders. Anything good, anything bad that happens. And people think, oh, well, you're your own boss. You can do whatever you want. I mean, that is couldn't be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. You have so many more people to answer mm-hmm. to. But at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is if you're running your own business, you can completely call your own shots. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get somebody else's approval. If you think this is the right idea and the right decision, you can go for it. Mm-hmm. I think um, exactly what you said to your point. Um, it also, it if you get so good at your job yeah. and things for a certain industry or going up, down or whatever, and you yep. get so good, you get bored. Yeah. You know, you want to think outside the box. You want to yep. try different things, and that's maybe not in their box. Yeah. You know, which is cool. That's why you leave. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, at the end of the day, like, yep. I felt so loyal. Like, my CEO hired me nine years ago, and I moved yep. back from Chicago, um, and there was just so much, like, oh, I want to make him proud. It was weird, yeah. you know? It was yeah, just, yeah. I always want to make, yep. it's, it's a weird, it's not weird, it's yep. just a, I think it's a good trade. Did you to live have. in Chicago too? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I actually, I went to SC and then I wanted to get out of here. Yeah. Oh uh, God, back in 2004, um, I'm old. So, <laughs> and I wanted to go to Northwestern Law School. So I went back, I studied, cool. went to law school, did not finish, did not move forward with that because I just kind of did my fellowship and mm-hmm. took the tests and I just wasn't, yep. wasn't all in. Yep. My heart wasn't in and talked to yep. different you mentors. You thought you wanted it and then you got in. Yeah. Thought I wanted it, worked, uh, then ended up working for the Cubs a little bit in okay. PR. Then I worked in PR for, and communications and stuff like that at careerbuilder.com, okay. which is, yeah. you know, the most successful online recruiting. Were you out at their office in the suburbs? Yep. No, no. Well, I, I trained there, okay. but then I was at downtown. Got it. Yeah. Downtown was awesome. And I lived downtown. Yeah. And I just had the life. I loved it. I was, Such a fun you place. You know, and I met some of my best friends, yeah. you know, and I'm still keeping contact. There's yep. like a different thing about that Midwest. Oh. Value. It's one of the greatest towns, especially in the summer. Those three, four months that you get in the summer, downtown Chicago, mm-hmm. 
I really love the winter, though, and the fall. I know yeah. everyone thinks I'm crazy. And they're like, what are you doing here from Newport <laughs> Beach? I was like, um, living outside of a bubble? Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. awesome. Yeah. I lived in the Burbs. I lived in River North. I lived in Gold Coast. Yeah. I lived in... I loved it. Like, yeah. Do you remember Japanese? Oh, yeah. That was like my favorite place. Now it's gone. My it's office gone. there was right across the river. Yeah. I get a lot of kind of inspiration for restaurants now, yeah. like with different marketing ideas, from back then. Yeah. The, because... For whatever reason, they closed or whatever, like Le Passage. I mean, they had yeah. some cool, cool out-of-the-box branding. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Chicago is one of the best restaurant towns oh, 100%. that I've ever been to. Mm-hmm. And it's a great place to go for inspiration, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and just like the feel of it. Yeah. I like it more. I've never yeah. really been a fan of New York, but like my favorite city is probably Chicago. Yeah. Um, so speaking of Chicago, and this would be a good transition. So Chicago is one... Um, of those cities that have really suffered the most mm. from COVID shutdowns. Um, they have been, I, I think indoor dining just reopened up uh, 25%, something like that last week. But for the most part, they have been almost entirely shut down since last March. Um, and I have so many clients there and so many friends there that have spent 10, 20, $30,000 trying to pivot to outdoor dining in Chicago. So they've got tents, they've got heaters. Um, the city is sending people around to make sure that you know your tent is meeting the size restrictions and the they're measuring tables to make sure that you're at least six feet apart. And if you're not doing these things, they fine you. So there's restaurants that are, you know, that have cut 80% of their staff. They've got 20% of their revenue coming in. They've spent $30,000 on these tents to serve a fraction of the people outdoors. And then they're getting fines if they're not doing that correctly. So I think things may slowly start being put back together. At least signs are pointing in that direction. But there's so much cleanup that needs to be done. And for me, it's been really hard to watch these businesses go through that and to sit in meetings with my clients over the last six months, which normally these meetings might be 20 or 30 minutes, they've turned into an hour, an hour and a half of these people just pouring their hearts out about how they don't know how, if they can make it. And these people that they've had to let go and issues that their employees are going through. So there's one side where like you go on social media and all you see is you've got to wear two masks now and you'll never be away from COVID and we have to live with this. But when you talk to real people, most people, especially if you're involved in the small business community, feel the exact opposite. They want life to go back to normal. They understand the risks. And they've seen the other side of this whole thing is, is really killing people's lives. So, um, And I know that that's why you held this event and why you're passionate about it. So what are some of the things that you've seen from your clients and you know your general thoughts and beliefs on what is happening? Yeah, that's, you know, great observation. Obviously, it stems, you know, not stems, but it's really everywhere. Chicago is bad. New York is bad. California is one of the worst, but we're lucky to be in Orange County. But at the same time, at some point, we have to hold the elected officials accountable. So the march was kind of about, you know, it wasn't meant to be a a protest, although some people called it that. It was meant to be a march for accountability. Like, 
what are our elected officials doing? There's no numbers behind what they're um, enforcing, these mandates. These, it's just out of left field. Nothing makes sense. I mean, we're allowed to have the Super Bowl, but high school children can't play CIF sports. This is a, a problem. Yeah. So you have to hold someone accountable, and that was you know, I guess a step in the right direction to, right. you know, come together as small business owners. It was not meant to be political. It was not meant to be wear a mask, don't wear a mask, whatever you feel comfortable with. If you want small businesses to survive right. and business in general, that isn't Amazon. Yeah. Please stand up for what you believe in. Right. And a lot of those were naturally restaurant owners yep. from Andrew Gruel to John Reed to Mario. There were a lot of people there who were in support of this, um, whether they have six restaurants, 16 or one. Yep. Yep. You know, it doesn't even matter. Yep. Uh, but, you know, there's been a lot of crazy stuff and it's still happening. It's just, you know, you wake up every day. It's gotten a little bit better, but you still you wake up and you're like, What's in it today? What are we? It's gone from like being artful and promoting, you know, different menu items and, and strategic, you know, video behind the scenes with the chef. Now it's like, oh my God, does he have a mask on? Oh my God, does he have a glove on? Because right. there's so many people out there looking yes. for the screw up, yeah. which it's not a screw up. This is like life before this, just there weren't, you know, the, the health administration, there are all these boards in place to be able to regulate that. Yep. And it was fine, you know? So, to totally disrupt and upturn these industries is, it's just, it's hard to stomach because mm -hmm. I don't know how it will go back, you know, to like a chef's table. You pay, you, you pay extra to sit at the chef's table and get that interaction. Yeah. You're 10, you know, you're, uh, you're closer than, what is it? Six feet. You're closer than six feet sitting with these chefs and they're, you know, they're cooking in your face and it's like action. And it's like, you know, it's so fun. I don't know if that'll ever come back. Mm -hmm. You know, they can't even... These, these places that have built new construction yep. or before COVID, yep. they're going to now have to totally pivot and change their layouts. Thank God for some of them who waited, yeah. but the ones who didn't wait, like now what is, are they going to give them a, a stipend to change their way yeah. of, you know, the extra plexiglass that they had to order or anything else, all these other crazy things. Mm -hmm. Like Andrew Gruel is the best. Like he goes and he just speaks, speaks the truth. Yep. Like I've just invested $50,000 in plastic. Uh, to put between the booths. So who's going to re reimburse me in that? Mm -hmm. And tomorrow you're saying we don't need it. Right. Then the next day you're saying we need it again. So if we sell it, then right. it just doesn't make sense. Well, there was, a, there was a, I have some clients in Denver who they were obviously forced to move outdoors. And then all of these restaurants bought these huge tents, spending all this money. And then the city changed. They moved the goalposts just like every city does. And they said, okay, well, you can keep the outdoor tents, but each side has to be open. We need air to flow through. It's 20 degrees there. So then all the restaurants shut back down and they've got all this debt and all these tents and these heaters sitting outside and nobody goes there anymore because they're like, I'm not even warm. Mm -hmm. Like, They're it, building I mean, restaurants outside of restaurants in flimsy, dirty tents. Right, which these is also, by the dirty. way... <laughs> it's the, natural. If, and you can look this up. This is a fact. It's proven that air circulates much worse inside these tents than an actual restaurant where these places are spending... Yep insane amounts of money on their circulation yep. and some of these these places like in san francisco they have pods like bubble yes. pods it's yes. very strange yes definitely wouldn't want to be in san francisco yeah. but you know those i can't even imagine how much those cost mm -hmm. but some of the michelin star restaurants they won't do these tents which is understandable some but some restaurants that's yeah. they've they can't even hire yeah. it's so compacted like the event industry for example like a client and a good friend of mine cora events yeah. corico he produces stagecoach uh anything at the empire polo fields huge bravest like this is restaurants and churches are yeah. like 
small, yep. a small potatoes, yep. and they don't have the money to put it to the tent. But he helped them so many of the uh, so many of the industries suffering around here, from Laguna to Anaheim to Santa Ana to Newport. Yep. You know, put up a viable, respectable outdoor dining situation. But after a few months, they not all of these places can afford it. We thought it was three months. Now they got to either buy the stuff or rent it again. And that's another 40 grand, 50 grand, 60 grand. Yes. That's money they don't have. No. They run on margins that are so thin. And yes. the city certainly doesn't help them out. Yep. Laguna, uh, Laguna built out all of Forest Avenue, spent at least 150 grand, oh, yeah. then shut it down. Yep. What the heck? It like, yeah. makes no sense. I know. It's like, I don't get it. So, well, and also the, the whole idea behind closing outdoor dining is insane which has happened here in california multiple times i mean mean, there's no data anywhere that shows that it's not safe to sit outside and eat with someone i mean it is crazy i mean and and i'll be honest when the first this whole thing started in march and april i was for the shutdowns initially because i think everyone was like scared yeah we had no choice. We didn't right. know what was happening. But as time went on and we all started to learn more and started to get more and more facts, things just didn't add up because you can find any single piece of data on either side of the spectrum that you want to prove your point. So at the end of the day, I think what people need to do is do what's best for them. And what's happening is that the government is doing what's best for the people that are bankrolling them. Mm-hmm. There's all these companies that are paying off our government, funding our government, and unfortunately these are big big companies that have all benefited in huge ways over the last 12 months. And I don't think anybody will doubt that that's a fact because that's what's been happening. And what's left is these small businesses that are hurting, mm-hmm. and small businesses make up the majority of businesses in the country. Yeah. And they're now hurting the most. They've had the most restrictions. They've got the biggest hole to dig out of. I think the only saving grace is that um, most people will say the things that they missed most are live events, right? Yeah. Going oh, yeah, to restaurants, sure. going to bars, sure. going to concerts. Interaction. Yeah. And I think once we're able to do that, I do see a big boom happening. Yeah. But for your average small business, can they hold on long enough to get there? Yeah. I mean, that's like the question of the day, right? Will we get back to like Coachella? Will we get back to freaking the olympics the olympics will we get back to that i don't know i mean it seems if we can have a super bowl we should be able to get back to those events super bowl had twenty five thousand people why can't we have others yeah that's that's something the event industry if i were them and i kind of am and kind of am not i would just be pushing so hard yeah but i think they're trying you know they're trying to create these um safe safe virtual spaces it only goes so far it's only and COVID has been good for some small businesses. Maybe it taught them the online platform, on demand, things like that. That's great. Yes. But you need both yes. to survive. And that's what's healthy. Yes. Interaction is healthy. People are going crazy, the suicide rates and all of this stuff, because they can't exercise. They can't go out. They can't engage, they're, whether they're scared or whether they're just you know trying to abide by yeah. the laws or you know afraid of a Karen. It's just... It's just so sad to hear about, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, perfectly healthy people who yeah. are normally like on fire all the time. Yes. Like, I mean, I'm like, I'm not happy all the time. No one is. No one's perfect. But like, there have been times during this, I'm just like, I don't, I think I'm just like useless. Like, 
anything I do is not making revenue for my clients or any idea is just not taking off fast yeah. enough to help and you feel helpless yeah. and you doubt yourself. Yeah. And I think everyone's probably who's run a business or worked for a business um, who's in the right place has thought that, yep. you know, and that's yep. normal, but we've got to get out of it. So what do you think the, your average small business right now, your average restaurant, what are the things that they should be doing right now to prepare for what hopefully is some sort of normalcy that's coming by, I mean, fingers crossed, some point this summer? What should they be doing? That really depends on the business, um, you know, the size of it and what they've rented, what they purchased. I mean, I think that, well, restaurants in general should always be renovating their menus and, you know, trial and error yeah. and then preparing for the larger crowds. Um, but if the restrictions lift and there's no, you know, you don't have to have plexiglass or yeah. you don't have to be six feet apart, but at this moment in time, yeah. restaurants need to be keeping tables, you know, distance apart appropriately yeah. to yeah. keep themselves safe and keep clients safe and, you know, mask, keeping the masks on with the servers, but yeah. not requiring it of the people if that's not for them. Yeah. Um, and just following common sense. I mean, common sense. And all we can really do is wait for our friend Gavin Newsom to lift these mandates and lift these restrictions and then proceed as normal, you know, because people defying it are getting, you know, they're getting hit and there's letters going around and there's crazy stuff from crazy people who want to bring these poor businesses down for whatever reason. I don't know if they're bored or what's going on, but... I'm not sure who goes around looking in windows to see if someone is six feet apart or five feet apart or fitness studios, but there are those people. Fitness is a whole nother, True. you know, pro- they, there are They've gyms that will never reopen. Yes. There are small Pilates studios, yoga, whatever. They will never reopen because yep. they have lost months of revenue. Yep. And a lot of people have purchased their own equipment. And yep. That's done great for Peloton. It's done for great sure. for, but no one, uh, no platform of fitness can really survive on, on demand if they're not, if they don't have some celebrity. I mean, I don't want to say never, and I hope that they do, but you have to, people go work out outside of their home to feel a sense of community. Yes. That's what that's taken away. It's taken away our sense of community and we have to bring it back. We have to keep it alive and not just on social media because everyone is sick of scrolling every day. I have a neck ache. (laughs) (laughs) I do. My chiropractor says, my chiropractor, who's amazing, he's been open this entire time, Dr. G, who treats everyone and anyone who's important, except for me. Um, He is amazing. And he's like, dude, it's your phone. Your phone. I'm like, I never had these problems before. It's so funny. Um, Well, I want to thank you very much for being on. I want to thank you for being a huge supporter of small businesses. And um, where, for people that want to find you, where can they find you? Website, social media. Speaking of that, they can find me on Instagram. (laughs) Um, I'm definitely on Instagram, LinkedIn. I have a website. Um, You can call me. I mean, email and text is the best. My Instagram is atay underscore poly p, and I am pretty diligent with answering my messages and things like that. So you can get a good, you can scope me out there, or it's Alexandra Taylor on any other platform. Awesome. We'll put all your links in the footer notes on every, every platform. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you for being on. Absolutely.